new fun and excitement waiting for you at Disneyland. The opening of the Magic Kingdom's most exciting new attraction, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me. Enjoy a rollicking adventure with the boldest crew of swashbucklers ever to terrify the Spanish main. Bloodthirsty cutthroats attack a sleepy town. Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me. You're in the thick of the action as these three-dimensional pirates dunk the town's magistrate, auction its fair maidens, and set the whole village ablaze. Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me. Join the fun and excitement of Disneyland's newest and greatest attraction, an entirely new kind of family entertainment, Pirates of the Caribbean, an audio-animatronic experience you'll never forget. See it now at Disneyland, Pirates of the Caribbean. summer because uh this is this is coming out right this is the, our july the fourth kind of a cast this is it's uh you know we're watching the fireworks really late on a saturday night <laughs> <laughs> and then we were looking for something to watch and lo and behold we found this movie and we said hey you know what this is a july the fourth movie you know you picked up um what was it born on the fourth of july <laughs> <laughs> not so much yeah, for what we do not not my favorite uh most favorite oliver stone movie but maybe another time uh, if we were going to do an Oliver Stone movie, we'd do like The Hand or something. <laughs> True. True. Or uh, something he's written. But anyway, so we picked this up. And this is... this is July 4th. Happy birthday. Yeah. Yeah. To America. Yeah. This is like... Uh, we're like 600 years old. <laughs> and that's completely wrong. Uh, well, this one here today, we're doing uh, a, a great Disney movie from 1986. Um, Flight of the Navigator. Flight of the Navigator, 1986. And uh, now... Uh, when you had brought this up as a possibility for our our Independence Day extravaganza, <laughs> yeah, this is how we celebrate. People we go got shopping. Our, <laughs> we got our sparklers yeah. out. Um, I was intrigued because I have not. I till tonight I had not seen this movie since the movie theater. It's funny you say that. I guess. If this had a theatrical release, it came out in 86, and I must have first watched it. I saw it on television on ABC's Disney Sunday Night Movie in the summertime, and I had moved from New Haven to Hamden, so it must have been the summer of 87. Yeah. And it was one of these things where it's like, you know, back then, like, when I, before, seven and before, I used to just, that was like the highlight of my week, yeah, was yeah. to watch the ABC. You know, I knew like, you know, uh, Dukes of Hazzard's on Friday night, Saturday night you got like T.J. Hooker and you got Muppet Show, and then Sundays you got like uh, Silver Spoons, uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not, Knight Rider, and then you have like the Sunday night movie. Now, what year, Transformers was 86. Transformers Because this is a very, if you, we have a cast about Transformers, the, the movie. The animated movie from 86. And I tell this story that my dad, uh, Picked me up and took me to see it on a weeknight. Yeah. And I believe this is also... Part of that. The, I know he took me to see it, and I believe it was also a weeknight. So this was, like I guess, a stretch where my dad was... And dur- during th- that, that summer of 86. <laughs> this came out uh, July the 30th. So they just missed 
the cusp of July 4th. Yeah. I don't know if they were trying to hit like, for that. Damn it. Come on. <laughs> it was just all that post-production. You just ran over. Whose bright idea was it? And uh, I saw it 87. And like I said, I used to set my watch to watch in the Disney. Michael Eisner, you know, hey, hi, uh, me. And he'd be like in the uh, in the driveway with Mickey and then Goofy. And they'd be like washing the car off. Yeah, and yeah. He'd, he'd give a little monologue. And I thought that was such a great idea. It was like so f- family-oriented. And... Uh, I mean, I guess there's a lot of movies that I watch that way that are, were also just made for television, not always just uh, like the Sunday night movie. Sometimes they would show, you know, like just movies that they made for that. And there's some stuff like I don't even like there was there's one with Scott Bakula. I have no idea what it is. But are they like, Disney related or Disney play them on the ABC? I don't know, but it was on the to my recollection that was on the Disney Sunday night movie. Yeah. And it's like he can't die or something. <laughs> there's tons of crazy. I, and I don't you know. I could be. I'm obviously. There's chances that I'm completely wrong. But I kind of told this story when we talked about Rima Williams. The adventure yeah. begins. It's like I remember watching the pilot to that, and my recollection was that it was on a Disney Sunday Night movie. But uh, it could very well have been too. But uh, and then they tried to. It, they it got rid. They got rid of it. And then they actually tried to bring it back when we were in college, like yeah. our freshman year of college, where they had uh, a bunch of Bruce Campbell movies. So like I was way into it. It was like Gold Rush with uh, Bruce Campbell. Oh, that Campbell, was all part Les of that Milano. Sunday. Oh, That wow. was the first one. And then they, they did a Herbie movie yeah. with Bruce Campbell, Yeah, um, which I'm still looking for that one because <laughs> I didn't see it. But I, I would love to watch a Herbie one. movie starring Bruce Campbell. Well, they used to do that, too. They would, they would rerun a whole crap load of their movies. It It's... It's interesting at the point of 86, I guess, where Disney was, because Disney had, had uh, really taken off with the animation and then the live action in the 50s and the 60s. And then, especially for the animation for the 60s into the 70s, nothing really was that great. I mean, some of it was forgettable, sadly. Well, I mean, I love it, but it's like, you know, you get the Rescuers, you get, like, the Black Cauldron, you get, like, Oliver and Company in the 80s, which I actually saw in the theater with yeah, Billy yeah. Joel. Well, this is the, you know, isn't this the period where, like, they're thinking about closing the shop? Yeah, it's before they, it's right around the time they brought Eisner in. At the time, the, 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 the animation department wasn't making any money. And there's a great documentary called Waking uh, Sleeping, Sleeping Beauty. Beauty yeah. And it is, if you're a Disney fan or an animation fan or a Disney animation fan, you have to see it. And it's from a couple years ago, and they, they explain all this. And... Uh, Disney was cranking out movies and live action movies, and you think about it, some of the live action movies. I don't know if Tron did well, but I don't think I don't think I don't think Tron did as well. As yeah, they anticipated. Hoped. And Black Hole, it did well, but it didn't wasn't didn't do gangbusters like they hoped. So their movies, their live actions were kind of flagging. And then at the same time, I think it might have been the Black when the Black Cauldron came out the same year. I think it was The Secret of Nim. Maybe I might be wrong. Some other and yeah. that made more was money. Like, wasn't there like a some like Sherlock Holmes. Mice oh, the, the, movie. yes, the Great Mouseketeer. No, the, no uh, the, the, the Great Mouse Detective. I think like that yeah. did better. It's like all of a sudden these other where Disney had ruled like animation for f- decades. Yeah. Now like other studios were doing animation, animated movies that were doing better than the Disney yeah. movies. And that that's a great movie. I mean, I think. Uh, Vincent Price plays the bad guy in that Great Mouse Detective, and at the end, they have the climactic scene in Big Ben. I think that's the first use of them Ameri- using computer. Yeah. And then I mean? American Tale comes out. That was 86, 87. I don't think that's not a Disney movie. No, that's right? not a Disney movie. No, that did very well. So th- at this time, they're like, why are we putting all this money into this place? So, And then I think they brought, at this time, they brought Eisner in, and Eisner had the great idea where they must have really just, I'm kind of speculating here, but I think they just must have poured a crap load of money into 
just getting the Disney name back out there. Because you think about it, right around 86, 87, there's the inundation on uh, after-school cartoons. That's when you get, like, DuckTales. Oh, you, yeah. get, you get uh, Gummy Bears. <coughs> Gummy Bears started as a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. And then that became part of the Disney afternoon lineup. And you had, like, Chippendales Rescue Rangers, DuckTales. And you had, like, uh, what's and the one where they're flying? Tailspin. Tailspin in, the, like, the late 80s. And then, you know, you had live-action movies. They were doing, like, we're talking about all these weird movies, <coughs> like... Um, uh, what we talked about before, Mr. Boogity and, and The Bride of Mr. Boogity. And there's well, one those were Disney Sunday night movies. Yeah, they're, these are all these 80 movies that they're actually doing, I guess, four. I mean, there's a whole crazy, like you're saying, there's all these. I remember a, a uh, uh, Alan Thick movie where he's like a scientist and he builds a son that's a robot. And the son's going to go to high school. I remember that and one. And there's two of them. There's like, the, I forget the name of it. There's one and then the second one, it's like he's back. And it's like, I remember, uh, you know, how is he going to blend in at school? He will eat a cheeseburger, and he's able to, like, just compost it in the stomach. <laughs> and he has to, So it's like it was – but it's like these are these these really harebrained adventures. I feel like they were bringing back a lot of the old properties. Like, I, I feel like there might have been, like, a shaggy dog. There was a shaggy dog where the guy was in a – like, a, he was working, and he's in a van, and he's in a park, and the van, like, loses control. And then the, he inhales the gas in the back of the van, and that necessitates him becoming the dog. It's like all this <laughs> – I remember because I, I, that was, like, a staple for me. And it's weird uh, – Again, my background, I love Disney this time. Like, I am a Disney guy, and it's, it's weird because I don't emulate it. It's not like I have Mickey Mouse, this or that. <laughs> but, like, it's just such a warm period for me, the 80s uh, in Disney and then before that. And I grew up going to the video store, getting Disney live-action movies. And, like, a lot of yeah, people yeah. our age who, you know, their first memories are Star Wars. Mine was the black hole. My parents got yeah, me yeah. that instead. So, like, I was watching that, and that was, like... They went pretty dark near the end of the 70s, yeah, their live-action yeah. movies with the Ma Devil Max Devin, The Black Hole, They Go to Hell. Uh, this movie actually may be the first movie that they say sh uh, a swear in, uh, Flight of the Navigator. They say bullshit and they say shit. So, um, and, you know, they, <clears throat> they had such a great run of live-action movies because, like, their first one, uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea in, in 1955, uh, that w they thought that was going to flop. They were really worried about that. So yeah. they were making the park in California. Yeah, and then they had to put that on hold and put the money that they were going to put into the park into the movie to redo the squid sequence. Well, I mean, it's just a shocking. I mean, now in retrospect, to look at like Disney, I mean, he was. I mean, he was a rebel. I mean, because Completely. you look at because by, far back as Snow White. Yeah, yeah he exactly. wanted to do Snow White, and everybody's like a feature length animated movie. Yeah, like, you're, are you're you crazy? Like, are you nuts? <laughs> and they laugh, and they and it was. So much so, if you read biographies or details about it, like in the tabloids, like like uh, Variety or whatever the trades, the the film and TV chart, that tr radio trades, where they're like this, nut Disney's gonna, you know, so people were like getting ready to laugh at it. Yeah, they you know? thought he w they thought he like lost the shit. Yeah, like, like no one will sit there and watch it. It was gonna be they, everybody suspected it was gonna be like the end of Disney. Yeah, and and little did they know it was like the huge success. Yeah. And then he had a dip. And I think even the animation was kind of floundering in the early 50s. And then they came out with Cinderella. Cinderella did really well, and that yeah, brought him yeah. back. And then that's when he got the money to do. He did, like, I guess he started the Sunday night movie. Yeah. The Disney in the 50s. Yeah, yeah. He also, like, they, he also, Cinderella was a success. And then they actually started, like, Sleeping Beauty in, like, the early 50s. But it didn't come out to the late 50s. Yeah. They worked on that movie for, like, almost the whole entire decade. And that that woman, I love, I don't know why, I have some, I have some weird attraction to the to the voice actress who plays the, <laughs> the she plays the evil witch in Sleeping Beauty and she's also the same woman who plays the mother in Cinderella and she's on a lot of like episodic 50s shows yeah, yeah. very good looking woman I think she looks a lot like the sister the, the mother from they've modeled her look yeah. on Cinderella after her 
Um, but then he he was you know th they went to do the live action movie. They uh, they almost didn't get it done because stuff was so behind on Twenty Thousand Leagues. He took money out of the park that they were in making, put it into the movie. That movie did gangbusters, and then you know he was off to the races after that. And he did this whole slew of these great. You know, uh, Darby O'Gill and the Little People, yeah, uh, yeah. Treasure Island. He well, did now Mary it's Poppins, like, Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. Now it's like it's a monopoly of like everything awesome. Disney owns Marvel now. Yeah, Disney well, they, owns Star they're, Wars. They're like the now. Chinese. No offense. They, <laughs> they know it. They know now. what to do. You know, they, they you know, they, like, it's like they say like the Chinese fights wars over centuries. This is yeah. what Disney's doing. Disney's just I sitting back what, and like just, Walt would think of it now. I think he'd agree. I think he's like Walt's kind of like the Stan Lee. You know, like a little before. <laughs> you know what I mean? He kind of is. He's He's the, he's the Stanley because because he was he was the f he was the showman he was out there he was pushing he was doing what Michael Eisner ended up doing fifty years later or thirty years later yeah. where he would introduce the Sunday night movie he was really like what we're doing uh, he was very hands on with everything which is great just he was a chain smoker and he died of uh, lung cancer before so the Florida show well now supposedly he's, in, he's frozen somewhere this is the big rumor yeah. <laughs> that would be great I mean I don't you know I don't know. <laughs> But uh, and then the, you know, then into the seventies, they had some really still good hits, live action movies. They had like uh, what is it, Escape from Witch Mountain? They had uh, Freaky Friday. They had those kind of like yeah, the yeah. Herbies went into the seventies. Yeah, yeah. And then when the animation went off, so did kind of the live action. And then you know we get up to this, and with um, what's his face, uh, uh, Michael Eisner coming over. You know, you know, really, we've talked about this a couple times in the cast, and this is a real bummer. You never want to. You, you you always have a fear if you work in the industry. Uh, Blake and I work in that. If you meet the person, it's going to be a letdown. You know, like you've had this I idealized sense of say you someone you've liked or you look at, and you're like you know, and then you meet the person, and it's it's a letdown. And that happened with Michael Eisner. I met him, and I was taking him in the studio. I was like, Mr. Eisner, I just want to say, this was like five years ago. I was like, you know, it was so great. You know, you doing that. You know, in Sundays, Disney was just it was such a part of my childhood. And he's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> real, real dismissive. And I'm like, you know, that's really that's bullshit. You shouldn't. You know, you, he he's uh, a, adorned himself, or, or he's he's really endeared himself to like a whole generation of families by being the spokesman there. Yeah. And then yeah. he comes off kind of like he's like you know he brushes you off, and it's like ah. Uh. But I loved how they did, they did that. And then I think it culminated in the late '80s when. They got back on top with The Little Mermaid. That really put them in the animation. But yeah, then that was the big... But, and then also, I guess lastly, before we delve into the movie, you and I had the special privilege of having a tour uh, a couple years ago to the Burbank. It was a private tour, the Burbank yeah, uh, Disney the Studio. Yeah, studios, yeah. Where they do the animation, and they did the live action. And that was amazing to see, like, you know, where they... Yeah, like, the one that's, like, the first... Like, there's a series of sound stage, like, giant stages where they would, you know, erect the sets and whatnot. And, like, the first one is known as, like, the Mary Poppins stage. Yeah. And that's the one... There's one where there's a plaque that's, like, the score from the black hole was recorded yeah. here. And yeah, the, the Mary Poppins stage is the one they built for uh, 20,000 Leagues because it has that water tank in it. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the thing is so big, if you think about it, because they shot, like, all the exteriors of Mary Poppins there. You know, not even... Yeah, oh, no, yeah. I'm s some of the interiors as well, but, like, a lot of the rooftop stuff. Yeah. And they use it up until today because I think for the Pirates movies, that's what they use that water tank for the big pirate ships. And uh, Yeah, it was it was kind of... It was crazy. I mean, I'm not as big of a Disney guy as you are, but it was, there was like, it was magical. It was very misty. It was, like, teary-eyed. <laughs> you know, because we got to go through... Like, the original animation building. Yeah. And See, then we're then finishing each other's sentences. <laughs> and they're like... Like, hey, you see that window up in the corner with the light on or whatever? 
Like that was Walt's office. Yeah, and it's like wow. And then they had these these series of shutters, and, and it's it's so he he designed it so well, like the streets and everything. It's just so like homey, and you really feel like you know like he's a pioneer, like you're saying, like he really took care of his people well. So the commissaries next to where they would you know, uh, and it's all very shaded and nice, so they can get out and get some air. And they had those specially made blinds in the windows on the exterior, so that the animators can uh, actually themselves. Uh, kind of tweak how much light comes in during yeah, the day yeah. so they can animate and uh, it was just so humbling to just go through there I was like I was all like sad and then <laughs> they also said the story like since he was a chain smoker he was like you know you always hear his cough so they said that like you can always hear him walking they'd hear him coming because you hear his cough and then the animators would get to work and get their best sketches up on top and uh, we went by the building that they recorded up until I think they said the Little Mermaid was the last uh ADR work they did for the animators. So that's like from Snow White. No, actually, you can't say Snow White. I guess from the 50s. So it must have been from like, I don't know, maybe like Cinderella or whatever on. Yeah. That they recorded all that voice work there. And then right across the street, which we also went to, they that's where they do everything else now, the voice work. Yeah, yeah. The There's like a new animation building, building and that has uh, like a giant like wizard hat from Fantasia on top of it. And that's where they do all the modern stuff. And a shout out to, what's his phrase? Frank uh, G. Wells. Frank G. Wells was an executive there who at the time... Uh, Eisner really butted heads in his tenure there with Roy Disney because Roy, the brother, was still alive. Yeah. So uh, Frank Wells was the go-between, and they named a building after him because he died in that helicopter crash in the, in the mid-'90s, and that really kind of, like, derailed the, you know, they, they kind of wanted to go separate directions. Yeah, there, was yeah, a big, yeah. there was a big public feud, and then I think Eisner ended up leaving the company, like, in the mid-2000s. You know, but uh, yeah, H. Uh, Frank G. Wells, great guy. Anyway. But Fly to the There's Navigator. history lesson. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, way back down. Well, you know, and also to put a fine point on it, which is reflected in this movie, is, um, and I think you and I have always talked about this, is how, like, Disney's special effects, their, 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 their uh, practicals and stuff are, are spot on. They're freaking great. I mean, they hold up to today, like, a lot of, like, the, like, we cite Darby O'Gill and the Little People, which I'd love to do on this cast one day because I love my Disney movies. Where it's like, you know, usually if you got a leprechaun next to a real guy, it's yeah. going to look dated if it's 1959 or so. And it's to this day, it still looks perfect because they use forced perspective. They were just so yeah. ahead of their time with all their, you know, their. And it shows in this movie. I thought not not a lot of this looked dated in the sense yeah. of special well, effects. I mean, they're definitely, you know, Disney is in the business of making magic. You know, <laughs> like and yeah, and it just. You can. It's fascinating to know. I mean, it's interesting to see, like the difference. You know, you always wonder, like, why is this so much better than like that one? Oh, you yeah. know, and I'm, and this. I don't know if it's just because that Disney just had, because of the successes they had, they had more money to throw around or what. But Disney always delivered. I mean, even, even in like their. Live action things that aren't even like fantasy oriented. Yeah. You know, like the sports movies they make now, like Miracle yeah. and like whatever that one with like John Hamm for, you know, oh, yeah, about yeah, yeah. like the pitcher. Or Angels in the Outfield. That's Disney, <laughs> you, think, you, know? you know, like even like just, we're like just, they always, well, I they mean, there's, there's a, there's they just a, do family there, stuff. There's a definite feel to it. Like you could recognize it, but it's always kind of solid, you know. Yeah. And they, and uh, I guess to their testament, that I, Notice they always, they never pander to the audience or patronize. They're, they're, they're always, they treat the, all the content seriously, especially like the black hole or here. Like the beginning of this movie, it's, it's really fucked up. <laughs> this movie is you know? I mean, extremely I, I, fucked up. I, when we watched it, I had a, a couple drinks at the beginning. And like I was getting like, I, 
I got like uh, almost like I, my heart skipped a beat. I got a little like like misty eyed when you know when he comes back after it because I mean. You think about parents who must have lost children. Yeah, that was a yeah. big thing in the 80s, like, you know, on the milk box. I mean, not that it's not now. <laughs> but like, <laughs> It does seem like it was a bigger Well, because I think they started being public with the kid in New York who, yeah, who, yeah. who, who went missing, and they started using the milk, the milk boxes or the milk containers. You, more, it was more prevalent. Yeah. And, like, you know, for, for a family, to, it's like almost like people who, like, you know, the Holocaust, and you watch a war movie, to see that, it's just so sad. And uh, I think the cast is great. I mean, it's, it's all just a... Well, in a nutshell... The story is basically the movie begins in 1978, July 4th, July 4th, 1978, at the uh, s- at the South Florida Frisbee Dog Championship. So <laughs> who knew that there was regional <laughs> aspects of it? Uh, I think they could have done a little bit of a better job of like establishing the 1978ness by like not forcing like the mid 80s score. Yeah. So hard in the beginning, like maybe going a little retro, re- retro with the yeah. with the with the scoring of the music. Um, we have a family uh, father who you would recognize if you've watched stuff. He's yeah, in a lot. Clifty Young. Um, the mother is from Alien. Veronica Cartwright. I love her. And then you have this uh, an older brother who's 12, I guess. He's 12 in the movie. No, he's younger. The lead is yeah. Joey Kramer, the, the actor's name. But he's, yeah, he's about 12. I think and he's then 12. And then he's got a little brother. Yeah. And obviously they don't get along. They, you know, they bicker and stuff because they're brothers. And they got a dog named uh, uh, Bruiser. Bruiser. Who's, at, who's, who's competing in, the, <laughs> in Frisbee. <laughs> and, uh, but in a nutshell, what happens, just like in the very basic storyline, um, he the, the our our main character is is uh, he's asked to go like through the woods to pick up his brother. Well, it's all in the course of a night because it's like getting dark, so it yeah, all happens yeah. like in a in like a like a Sunday you know, like, you know afternoon. Yeah, well, so, you know they're gonna look at the fireworks, so it's like go get your brother. He's playing with his friends, and he's got to go through the woods. Um, his brother kind of start scares him by like jumping out of a tree or whatever, and the brother runs off with the dog. Well, runs runs off. Our main character falls. And kind of gets like knocked unconscious in the middle of the woods. And when he wakes up in, at dusk, it's like blue out. And then he yeah. wakes up, it's dark. And it's it's like, oh. dark. And, but then he goes back to his house and it's, his family doesn't live there anymore. It's now 1986. It's pretty fucked up, too. That's another thing where he's knocking on. And there's like this elderly, not an elderly couple, this older couple living there. And uh, he starts running through the house. So that's like, out. that's the pitch. Like, that's the idea. This yeah. kid falls down in 1978. He wakes up and it's 1986, <laughs> which is incredibly fucked up. And he's not even aged today as well. Well, yeah, no. he's not, it's not like he woke up and he's not. He flying. thinks he just knocked himself out, fallen, fallen in the woods. And then it's only been like a couple yeah. hours. He's still 12. Yeah. Um, so through the course of the movie, we discover that it has something to do with uh, the spaceship. Now, I think... Through the advertising, I think what I find funny about the movie is like, obviously they knew through the advertising and maybe the the, the poster and the, the the title, the flight of the navigator, like they were gonna like audiences were gonna know that there was a spaceship involved because they like tease that like the idea of the spaceship like so many times like the frisbee 
You know, you know it, 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 well, it, it, they try to play it like that's the spaceship. They, well, they do, but it's successful too because you're right. The first thing they do over the credits is the frisbee, and then the next thing they do very there's well. There's a silver frisbee, so you think it's like a flying saucer. And then it's just you see the dog goes up and bites, and it's like oh, and then there's a montage, and they get you again like in the, after the first five minutes is with the uh, Goodyear blimp comes over. Yeah. So there's, so there's just like everyone's on the ground, and there's a silhouette goes over everybody. Everyone stops and looks up like, <laughs> oh my god, what is it? You're like, what is it? Oh my god, is it going to be the spaceship like you know uh, Independence Day? No, it's just of good Goodyear blip they, they keep on teasing, like trying to get that audience back. Like, oh, the spaceship, you know. But I wonder if it, this this movie is is like an answer to like Spielberg's ET. Oh, and we can get totally, into that. Yeah, yeah. what I mean is definitely like callbacks to it. And then it's like, well, what what you know uh, from the Spielberg movies? What do you always want to do? You see the characters get on the spaceship, have it be crazy. Uh, what's his face in Close Encounters? Yeah, Richard Dreyfuss. Or at the end, you have the ET go up onto the spaceship. So maybe they're like. The kids want to go into the spaceship, so <laughs> let's, let's give the kids let's, what they want. Let's do it. <laughs> so, and we'll, 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 put, we'll put some real, like, freaky-looking thing that looks like from the original bunch War of the Worlds. A bunch of executives. <laughs> yeah. With, so, like, you know, a real, like, smoke-hazed-filled room, you know. <laughs> give the kids what they want. Yeah, well, cigar, they have three cigarettes in their mouths. No one's wearing uh, jackets. <laughs> You know, they're all wearing their, their suspenders. And, it's, and, they, and that's what they do. You're right. So the, 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 the whole tease, which is weird because it... You know, the alien doesn't really become interactive with the child till like halfway through the movie, maybe 50, 45, 50 minutes in, is that's when they're brought together and then he goes over yeah, there. Yeah. And then you have the adventure. And we talk about a lot of flow in movies. This movie doesn't seem to be an hour and a half. It seemed like it was getting stuff done. And it, to me, it seemed like you know, it could have been much longer. It seems to me like they had a bigger cut. Yeah, yeah. And they had somebody come in and just trim the crap well, out of it. Well, there's a lot of getting there like you said like it doesn't really take off until almost halfway into the movie because so. it's like a mystery they want to make it like what's going on what's happening it's almost like the you know it's like a it's like a mystery movie what's yeah. the kid's got stuff in his head so then he comes back and the kids that not they also realize that the kid has stored in his head all like uh Whole bunch of like, like star charts, and yeah. Stuff. Un- <laughs> uncharted are un- uncharted star charts. He knows uh, f- like alien languages. He has all this stuff in his head that in the portion that we don't utilize. Yeah, yeah. and like you said, that there's another there's an alien craft that kind of crash hit the yeah, yeah. electrical. So there's grid. this whole aspect of like he finds his family. His obviously, his older his younger brother is now his older brother. And his brother's like, "Wow, this is crazy! You're my older little brother." And it's this is 1986, you know, played by a guy that you would recognize. He's, he's from the movie North Shore. I can't remember what his name is, but he's in a lot of stuff. The guy that plays the younger brother, uh, who's now older. Um, and so there's this big like, what happened? So of course, government involvement. And, and it's very E.T. now. Yeah, yeah. NASA now, <laughs> come. NASA has their own, like, police force. Uh, the guy, our conduit into the NASA is... Uh, Howard Hesselman. Who, who was in... Uh, uh, WKRP. WKRP in Cincinnati. Head, and head of the class. class. I, I have a picture of him. I'm a Doors fan. So in a couple of Doors books, I have a picture of him hanging out with Morrison, like, in the late 60s. So maybe they're, like, on a famous show together they, they all guested so that guy and I think he does a great role in this, this if you've seen Hesselman. Uh, the movie The Rocker with Rain Wilson he's the bus driver uh, more for more recent <laughs> people that haven't seen the TV shows he did in the 70s and 80s uh, um, so he's a recognizable face for 1986 I mean like well, we knew who he was yeah yeah uh, yeah of course head of the class was on I think at the time and he comes in and, and you don't really know how if you could trust him or not he comes off like because especially since E.T. You never know if you can trust the government. You can't, that's, tr- you know, can't trust the government. Especially 80s NASA. You know what I mean? Like 80s NASA could be doing some real, you know, finicky stuff. We learned that with, uh, what is it, 85 Space Camp. You know, it's like we don't know what they're, <laughs> we 
what they're doing, you know. And so he's like locked in a room in this facility, this NASA facility. The kid, not not yeah. uh, Hesselman. Yeah, as a kid. And uh, so then instantly we know that something's kind of up in that scene. Yeah. He's, you know, they weren't, the kid doesn't want to go. His family's like, okay, well, if he doesn't want to go, he doesn't have to go. And the guy's like, well, don't you want to know what happened to him? Like, all I need is 48 hours. He's hinting as much as he can without, like, I guess, you know, going into, like, the uh, classified stuff. Like, we need the kid. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So they kind of convince the kid to come under the guys that obviously they're going to help him. He gets there. There's all these toys, G.I. Joe's, Transformers. Yeah, real real that. noticeable for us. <laughs> like, you know, there's a Predacon and the toy. I remember when I was little, I, I to this day, I remember that, that they had a Predacon there. I can't tell really what the G.I. Joe thing is, but there's a, a whole slew of whatever. So you really, like, at this point, like, you're like, okay, you know, like, he seems like a nice guy. He's got lots of toys. And we, I don't know if we've they're mentioned. They're going to help. That's a, they're, they're there to help the kid. They also, it has been known, they're not keeping it from the audience, that they found the spaceship and brought it to the same hangar. Yeah, so yeah. they have the spaceship, and they're trying to get into it. And they're like, it's impregnable. You know, it looks like a, looks like, the, what do you call those, a horseshoe craft? Kind of like a design. Well, yeah, or like a, it looks like a walnut. Yeah. <laughs> or like some kind of, you know, and it's like just hovering there or something. You know, so that's going on, on the other side of the base. Yeah, yeah. So then you have like, well, what, what do they want the kid for? What are they going to yeah. do to him? But it's like you kind of feel like, okay, this, everything's a little bit on the up and up, I guess. And then it's like, no, you'll call your parents tomorrow. And then he like locks them with a sliding door, no door knob. <laughs> Very like Buck Rogers. There's, or, a, or, there's, there's, a, mirror, there's a mirror in the... Yeah, double, it's, a, it's a double... It's a very uh, forced uh, two-way mirror so they can watch them. And then uh, Sarah Jessica Parker shows up. Sarah Jessica Parker shows up and uh, young Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker shows up, obviously. And... Uh, and, you know, some executives say, you know what else we need? A robot. <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, you're talking about outside the context Ra- of the Ralph. Yeah. Ralph comes in. And Ralph's like a robotic assistant laborer or something, something, whatever, fill out the, uh, whatever. And he's basically just, is like uh, a, a push cart that goes by itself because he's just <laughs> holding a tray of food inside of him. Like, yeah, okay, there's well, a mail slot, I guess, if you wanted to mail your letter. Well, whatever you want to do, you could, he'll just, he'll, he'll just uh, stow anything and take it with you. And he's got a big light on top, like a big yellow light. Call, yeah. a call and Sarah Jessica Parker works on the base. I guess there's She's a little like intern. There's a little bit of a hint that her, she comes from, like her dad was in the military. There's a little bit of, you know, very short, you know, like a storyline just like put in there. And, um, and now we're like starting to get like, you got the toys. The kid turns on the television. You got music videos. And the other thing I like, I wanted He's to like, mention. What's this crap? Who's Starsky and Hutch? Yeah, which is another like throwback. That, uh, oh, to the director, Randall the, Kessler, which we haven't even mentioned yet. Yeah, Randall Kessler directed this movie. He directed Grease. Yep. And in the beginning of the movie, circa 1978 era of the movie, the world of the movie, they're listening to the. the the Grease soundtrack in the car on the yeah. way up. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a really successful throw. He did that. He did Blue Blue Lagoon. He did Big Top Pee Wee, Honey, I Blew Up the Kids. And then television, he did Marcus Welby, The Rookies. And then he did, uh, he did a few episodes uh, of Starsky and Hutch. So yeah. it was another. And The Boy in the, on the, on the Plastic Bubble. He did that, too. Ah, the classic. You know, see, but see how he's getting into this line of work by the late 70s into the 80s, you know? Uh so, so yeah, yeah he, he's, a, he's throwing knots to himself all the time. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's much like what's his face from um, uh, uh, Night of the Night of the Creeps. What's the director's name? Night of the Creeps. Who oh, Fred Decker. Yeah, Decker does that. You know, throws himself nods as much. Yeah, as he yeah. Does. So there's a there's a Starsky and Hutch reference. There's a McDonald's reference. Yeah. Um, that's people also putting probably in like kind sponsorships. Of, yeah, I mean the sponsorship was also just like trying to push like pop culture of the day. Um, 
and how it would affect a 12-year-old because he's 12 and he should be 20, which technically means him and Sarah Jessica Parker probably can get it on because she says to him <laughs> at some point, which I remember too from watching this one, like that time on Sunday. She's like, oh, you know, you're pretty cute. And my, my, now I was like, you know what? Technically, me and you are legal. <laughs> 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 and the kid winks at the camera like good old Joey Kramer. So, but, uh, so that's like there's a big buildup. Like that's like that could be a movie kind of itself is like yeah. this idea. But then, uh, you know, they put like diodes on his head. They discover that he's got all this information in there. And he's talking <coughs> directly subconsciously through the computer and he's giving it schematics and all this stuff. And he's like, what are you doing? What do you mean I'm doing that? You got to stop. I'm not doing that. <laughs> you know, but at, at the same time, he's then um, our, our man, uh, Howard Kessler, starts asking the computer, where are you from? And then the computer's answering. He's like, I'm not saying that. I got to get out of here. You know, so it's like he's very like, you know, confused. he also finds out that through Sarah Jessica Parker that he was only supposed to be there for two days. Yeah. He finds out that he's like scheduled to be there for at least the next, the rest of the week. His rest of his life, he's gonna. Yeah. So <laughs> he decides he's gonna make a break for it, and she's very willing to help. And this is the probably the only contention I found. Well, the flaw in this movie, aside from the fact that it seemed like when they brought him, when the police brought him back to meet the new fa- to, to find his family, now they're living in a different house than they used to live in. Yeah. Then, like two scenes later, it looks like they're moving back into the house. They must have kicked out the old couple. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that. Oh, because they were didn't it seem like they were moving back into their old house. N- I, I think they were just m- like moving his shit in. Maybe uh, it was in I storage. Thought, I thought they were moving because he goes back to his house, and then it seemed like it was the same layout. And then I, th- I think we should put a nod to uh, while we're here the, the, when he goes to his old house and his, the other couples living there. The father or the the guy that who's he starts running through the house, and he, what did you say? He's drinking br- like bourbon. he's like sitting in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> the kid runs like into the house drinking, drinking liquor. Yeah, he's like, he's upstairs. like, he's like, where's mom? In his where's bedroom, dad? In where his bedroom, where the yeah. kid's bedroom was in 1978, circa 1986. This guy's study. This guy's just like hanging out in there. I don't know if he's got like dark. a silk robe on. I don't know if he was about to get it on with his wife. Yeah, and his wife answers plotting. the door, and his, you know they're, they're like in their fifties. But anyway, that actor is the, uh, the the mad scientist from Day of the Dead. I've never seen him in anything else. And it's like, look at this guy. And he's like, are you lost, son? Frank, isn't his name like Frankenstein or something? Yeah. Day of the uh, death? Uh, actually, so that's a good nod at him. So I, th- the, so the other contention I just thought was uh, getting back to uh, my point. Why would they put Sarah Jessica Parker with him? Because she just seems like, you know, this is so freaking top secret. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is like beyond okay. top secret. Yeah, good and point. Then, and she comes in. She's like, I'm an intern. And I'm going to help you get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would, if this was modern day, I would say that this, you know, maybe she's a plant. Like, you know, you'd have her leave the room like, he's on to nothing. He yeah. doesn't know, you know. Well, I'll get it all out of him. And then maybe you have the story arc that, like, she she softens to him. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, okay, I'll help you get out but of no. here. She's in, like, two scenes, the introductory <laughs> scene and then the scene where she's like, okay, yeah. I'm going to send the Ralph unit later or whatever. Or I'll, I'll distract him. Or I'll, I'll go to your parents' house. And I'm going to I'm oh, going yeah, to blow the whistle on everything. <laughs> he's like, go, go call the papers. Look my parents up. Call them, tell them what's going on. Go pay him a visit and stay there as much as you can. As like the security guards <laughs> behind the one way mirror just like playing blackjack yeah. together. <laughs> they're completely oblivious <laughs> though. You know, they're completely useless because later on their doors open and when he escapes to go to the spacecraft on the other side of the base, he uses the Ralph unit which the spacecraft must send and the, 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 how oblivious are those security guards? Doors open. It's like, oh, yeah, it's going in there for whatever reason. Oh, it's leaving again. Who cares? <laughs> you know, no one's with it. You know, it's like. Yeah, yeah. So it's so, so, so he gets out and he, he wants to get out of here and he goes and, and, and he goes to the spacecraft. 
And that's where the movie really begins. And we're about 15 kinda. minutes into the movie <laughs> at this point. Yeah, like, of an hour and a half, a 90-minute movie. Yeah, yeah. We're like, we're good halfway in. Yeah. Um, the spacecraft opens, very Terminator 2. Yes, very. Like liquid metal kind of thing going yeah. on. Again, their opens. special effects are very cool. You know, their matte paintings and all. Like, like uh, a nod to that matte painting of uh, where he walks over the train tracks for a Stand By Me. I wonder if yeah, that predates yeah. Stand By Me. Uh, or Stand By Me was before, where he goes over when he falls and he comes back over the train tracks when he's going back after he's woken up. You know, that's yeah. a ma- great matte painting. Uh, but the the like the door of the spacecraft is not just like a door that opens. It's like an animated kind of like melted metal into stairs that just kind of hover. And then he walks up into the spaceship and there's a, like a robot, which is like the, I guess, the uh, the intelligence of the spacecraft which is like a an eye like a big electronic eye on a, yeah. on, a on an arm very reminiscent of the 50s war of the world which is really probe. angry at first yeah it's well like, it, <laughs> it's speaking it, it's actually if you look up INDB he's speaking Bulgarian to him he speaks like one language and then he, he speaks Bulga- Bulgarian he says something that's yeah, almost yeah. translated and then he's finally like I'm just kidding or you know <laughs> but like the, it's the <laughs> But the, the, it seems like the uh, the robot or whatever the ship is like really pissed at him at first. It's like sit down, goddamn it! <laughs> and uh, but it's a voice that's uh, clearly altered, you know, uh, lowered in pitch. And when I first heard it, as I was listening to it originally, it sounded just like R- Judge Reinhold to me. Oh yeah, okay. It and he like, was big at the time. And I was like, huh, I wonder if Judge Reinhold did the voice of this, because um, then later. They, they, in the ship, he, they escape the base and they're flying around Earth, basically, you know. Um, so there's a lot of, like, kind of hijinks of flying around in the spaceship. Being pursued by the, na- the, na- the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> the, the NASA's like, he takes a really dark turn. Yeah. <laughs> he goes back with Indy. Uh, NASA's all on their heels and NASA's like, we got to go after him. So they try to go after him, but of course they can't, you know, they can't keep up. So it's like this fun. Well, like, it's revealed that there's other creatures on the ship that the ship has uh, collected from other planets. Yeah, and, and, the, and what, the, what the shtick is with, the, with, the, uh, with this robot is whatever culture he's from, he takes him, I forget the name of the planet because they do mention it. And that planet, whoever's there, the indigenous population will like research or whatever, uh, just uh, analyze the specimen. Yeah, yeah. And he's supposed to bring them back to the exact yeah, time like period. Like travel back in time and drop them off at the, like the same exact moment. So they won't know. Them. But it, for some reason, he cocked up with uh, with the kid, and the he kid, dropped them eight years later. The, the human anatomy didn't seem like it was going to survive the yeah. travel back in time, so it didn't do it. It just dropped them at the same spot, you know. Eight years later, or eight years later, whatever. You know, it is. and what's interesting too for for uh, people who are who are uh, above our pay grade, uh, they Disney got a lot of guff for the trying to do all the bullshit like Gene Roddenberry shit for the black hole when they're like, maybe we'll use an Einstein Rosen bridge here, which is an actual thing has nothing to do yeah, with yeah. black holes. But in this movie. Uh, whatever math uh, Hesselman from Head of the Class does, evidently that's real. Where it's like if a if light, he, like yeah, if, if they're, yeah, because they they justify uh, this planet that he, they're traveling to is so many light years away that if they traveled the speed of light and then came back, that is the reason why he he went so fast he slowed down, and that is the reason why to him it's only been four hours and he hasn't aged, but to us on Earth it's been eight yeah, years. Yeah, it's all Einstein yeah. bullshit. But it's cool because evidently yeah. it's you know the, 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 they're justifying. I'm like, see, this isn't just bullshit. <laughs> Like, you know? where we, we did math for this one. So the, the, then we find out that the, the aliens like, "Hey, I need you, kid, because uh, when I crashed into some, um, uh, 
be called electrical power lines. Uh, you know, I fried all my uh, my navigation. I can't get back home. So, but yeah, yeah. for he some doesn't reason, have the, he d- he downloaded the information into the kid. Yeah, he used them as like a. It, 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 it was like a nineteen eighties flash drive. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the, the kid is a is an nineteen eighties version of a flash drive for this alien culture. Yeah, he's like you know what? I'm just gonna. There's so much of the human brain that's not being used. Yeah, just in case. Real quick, happens. I'm just gonna back up my maps. <laughs> Into this kid's head. <laughs> you can only imagine once he hit the power lines. He's like, fuck. Oh, whew. I'm well, glad thank, I did that. Thank God I backed it up into that kid. Now I got to find that kid. Yeah, again. now I got to go look up in the cloud. So he scans the kid's head because he's gonna. he needs to now re, like, you know, download the information from the kid's head that he, that he put in there so that he can get home. And uh, he just scans it real quick. Even the kid's like, that's it? <laughs> and all of a sudden... In my mind, while I'm watching this movie, now we're getting Judge Reinhold, because I think it's Judge Reinhold's voice as we're watching it, doing a really bad Pee Wee Herman impression. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell is going on? Because now there's just, now the computer accidentally downloaded more than just the maps. It's also downloaded, like, a kid, like, the personality of a child. Yeah, and it, he's, it's, yeah, it's 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 it gets really weird here. You can really start speculating. He downloads too much. He downloads some of the kids. So either yeah. and he starts reciting lines that the kid said earlier. So like you get the idea of like okay, now he's like going to the kids' memories by accident. And downloaded. Technically, this is eighty six. I think Pee Wee's eighty six or eighty five. The movie Pee Wee's Big Adventure. So I don't know. I mean, are we saving the reveal of who the who the? Uh... So my point is, I watching the now I'm watching this movie. And I'm like, this is really fucking annoying. Yeah. Like. It's Pee Wee. It's, it's Pee Wee. It's, it's, it, yeah. it's the voice has now become Pee Wee Herman, but like pitched down. Yeah. So, you know, because of like. You, you Make it computer, robotic or whatever. Know? So I'm like, fuck, I'm going to look this up. And I looked it up. And it's, it is uh, Ruben. Yeah, but it's, he's billed as Paul Mall. So yeah. I don't know why in the billing they, they bill him Paul Mall, but it, it, it is Paul Rubens. And it's weird. This is what I was alluding to. It's just Pee Wee had just come out. So I wonder if Pee Wee had just come out and it wasn't as, I mean, it's big, but it's not as iconic. Is he just thinking he's going to use the character over here and he just pitched, I'm going to do my Pee Wee impression? I don't imagine he got asked to do it that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I don't know what the reason is. I don't think it was like, you know what, I think I'll... Let me let me add a little Pee Wee into this. I'm sure they're like, let's cast the Pee Wee. Well, no, my my question is twofold. It's probably worthless even asking. But one is is they're using oh Pee Wee's supposed to be a kid, which is new to me uh, since the last time I watched it. That's a whole other story. Yeah, Pee Wee's supposed to be a child. The the character Pee Wee Herman. So is Disney coming to Paul Rubin and saying, hey, we want you to play a kid over here doing that impression? Fine or is the kid had supposedly seen Pee Wee while he'd been home, and then Pee Wee stuck fresh in his oh, mind. maybe. You know what I mean? But, but that but wouldn't that, work if it was 1978, so he had to have seen it in the day or yeah, two yeah. that he was sitting in that room. So maybe he just watched Pee Wee's Big Event or Big uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, yeah. And then, and also, I mean, I don't know what year it is. It's probably after this, but also. Uh, Judge Reinhold is in a movie where he plays vice versa. Vice versa, with Fred, <laughs> Savage. Fred Savage, where he becomes a kid. Yeah, it's it's, it's the male version <laughs> of Freaky Friday. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. It's just and it's also big. It's the same kind of a th- you know boy becoming. Well, that would became a very that was a very you know pun intended big like, yeah. motif for like the late eighties because you also had uh, the one with uh, Kirk Cameron and. Uh, 
the guy that plays Arthur. What's his name? Uh, Dudley Moore. Dudley Moore. There was there was the they switch. I don't remember that one. Yeah, that's that's great. See, you're right. We have these weird because that's the touch on later on with this movie. There's there's motifs and themes that they use in these in these years, and this is one of them. So I don't know what the what was exactly going for here because now it's like oh he's just doing a Pee Wee impression, but at the time is 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 to audience who weren't familiar with Pee Wee or Pee Wee was so. Yeah. Well, love at this point. Yeah, and maybe we, you know, it's like, you remember how Schwarzenegger in 84, yeah. Schwarzenegger said a line, uh, you know, I'll be back, which was not even meant to be whatever. It's yeah. so iconic that and then they started doing it in every one of his fucking movies up until like 2000. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder if it was that. It's like, it was so well received, his Pee Wee character. Just yeah. Or, you know, maybe it's like, it, who knows? I mean, who knows? I mean, yeah. it could be that they asked him to do Pee Wee because of Pee Wee, or maybe they were just like, do like a kid thing and Pee Wee hadn't come out yet or like by the time they were making the movie you yeah. know and he's like I do this kid character yeah and they're like oh yeah <laughs> he's do chasing that. Like, I do this kid character <laughs> well he know. had done it on stage yeah, yeah. Yeah. before he did the, the HBO movie. movie special with Phil Hartman um, but he turns into this you know this this it's he's just Pee Wee and you could, it, it does kind of get a little annoying because we or bring our own baggage to the table. Yeah. We know who Pee Wee is, and then especially, you know. I can, but who knows? I mean, if you didn't know who Pee Wee is, that could it could be even more fucking annoying. Who knows? For us, for someone now, yeah, yeah. Because back then, I was like completely into it. I was like, yeah, you know. No, like, but I mean, as like an, you know, not as like a, you know, ten year old kid. Yeah, but like our parents. Oh, <laughs> just like Jesus, <laughs> Pat, <being> like, <laughs> yeah, my father being like, what the fuck am I taking you to see here? I mean, I'm oh, a goddamn fool. <laughs> Jesus, it's so annoying. But maybe they would think it's a kid too, you know? Uh, it's, and it, that's almost, it, it be, you know, it's like another movie pops in my head is The Explorers. It's like, you know, you have... Oh, that, well, that, it's very you know? similar because the, the aliens in that movie, especially like the male it, alien. That movie takes such a right-hand turn at the end there. That's what's-his-face, isn't it, from Gremlins? Uh, yeah, Joe Dante. Joe Dante. But like the, the, the male alien that they visit, I mean, now we're getting out. If you haven't seen Explorers... Uh, completely different movie. We, maybe we'll get around to doing it yeah. at some point but uh they talk and he talks in like very similar there is like because they're catching the radio transmissions yeah, yeah. so they're they're just talking in like uh war uh, you know um earth talk and it's all it like kind of reminded me of that a little bit as we as we were watching uh this flight on a navigator there was like a feeling to me of of explorers uh so you essentially have Pee Wee didn't drive into the amphitheater yeah. for the rest of the thing, you know? <laughs> and I kind of liked him better when he was just like, compliance. Like, yeah. and I really like, you know, I, I remember that as soon as he said that. Compliance, I was like, oh, that's, you know, or uh, see you later, navigator, you know what I mean? And like yeah, the kid yeah. is the navigator, and it's, that's the whole flight of the navigator, the navigator being the kid. So, uh, and, and then they, they just go around the world. And they just, you know, they it's underwater. quirky underwater. Go under the water. You know, they're, take they're me stop, 20 miles away. Stop at a... Gas station. The, yeah, to get directions, they go to a uh, a, a, a rear screen projection Tokyo, <laughs> where they see you know. Uh, well, the uh, the gas station scene is where we we have the nod to to ET. Oh, phone home. Oh, because yeah, he said yeah. he wants to phone home. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he pulls into this gas station because he needs to call his parents. He doesn't, and he doesn't know where they live with the new address. So he's trying to find out where they live and. And for some reason, so the, how he gets through them. the UFO he, can't make phone calls. Yeah, yeah. So, they park, so he parks the machine and the, like, the, the gas station attendant, uh, who we assume is Big Al, because it's like Big Al's gas station. Yeah. That must be Big Gator. Al. <laughs> and, uh, it's, it's pretty, some of his, it's Paul funny. Rubin's lines are kind of comical. Yeah, yeah. 
when he's talking to the cows, you know, he's like, ooh, you know, because the kid anyway, has to pee. There's a little nod where he says that he the tells the kid wanted to call phone home. So there's a little nod to E.T. So I would imagine E.T. is very much uh, in the uh, psyche of the audiences and the filmmakers. Yeah. Um, this also this idea of the flight of the navigator, and we mentioned another movie in a previous cast, and one that we will eventually, I'm positive at some point we'll get around to doing, Last Starfighter. There is like, the 80s is like the time, and I don't know why the movies like this don't exist anymore. I mean, Last Starfighter, obviously the the kid is older. Yeah. Um, but the 80s is a time of like kids on an adventure. Yeah, you know, you get something as dark as Stand by Me, which you brought up, where it's like kids on an adventure for a very morbid, <laughs> you know, like a very dark version of that. But then you got Goonies, Monster Squad, which we've done. Uh, check out the podcast on Monster Squad. Yeah. Lo- Explorers, we just talked about. This is yeah. like kids on an adventure, and I don't know why. Like the, the most. Recent movies I can think that do that are like Spy Kids, Spy Kids movies, like the Robert Rodriguez movies. But um, well, it, it, certainly the '80s, like the the uh, the formula, like seemed that they wanted to emphasize to the kid, like you're here for like a greater purpose. So either you're gonna have an adventure that's either gonna like like in the case of the Goonies, where it takes you like on this crazy adventure where you find like whatever like it's like an Indiana Jones for kids, yeah, or you have these big things like Starfighter or Tron, where it's like a young guy like in his teens or whatever, yeah, you know, yeah. is is there to help the universe or go into the computer and fight off evil or yeah, the yeah. explorers, they make a, sp- ti- a spaceship to go up in time. And this also has a huge, the other formula that I was talking about before in the 80s is time travel. And the 80s was obsessed with time travel. And I was trying to, in my head, come up with a list of like time travel related movies. Which uh, we have a time travel cast of movies. We, we do do a side <laughs> cast where we talk about time travel. And I don't think we brought this up. We lo- a long time ago. You yeah. have to go back into the archives for that uh, one. Ch- check out the side cast on podwits.com because this is exactly one of the examples we do on the side cast. We just do like all kinds of casts yeah, yeah. devoted to different ideas or genres or themes. Uh, but in the 80s, you had this movie, which is time travel, which I don't know if we touched on in the time travel no, podcast. I don't think we did. We have, of course, The Elephant in the Room, Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah. We have Terminator. Which is a young guy, a yeah, teenager on an caught, adventure. Yeah, caught, and he's going to have to, because because of Doc Brown, he's going to fuck the world <laughs> up. Or he's gotta, you know, so you, gotta, you have that. You have Terminator. You have uh, A Near and Dear of Mine, which I'd love to do at one point. The Final Countdown. Remember that? Yeah. Because at the end of this, this is very much thought me when... when he, at the end of this movie, he tells the, the guy, he gets like, I can't stay in this world anymore. And it gets really like heartbreaking. He's like, These, this isn't my home anymore. This is my family, but I have to... You know, talking about Flight of the Navigator. Flight of the Navigator. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's like, that's my family, but this isn't my home. Yeah, I have to, tr- I have to take the chance. And, and Paul Rubens is like, well, uh, you know, you could get disintegrated if we try to go back in time and put you back like I usually do. And he's like, I want to take the chance because I need to yeah, get yeah. back to where I belong. I can't stay here. Yeah. yeah. So... When they, he's like, okay, stand by. And when they go through that, that special effect of like 10 seconds of going through time, it re- was very reminiscent of me of, uh, in the final countdown of they passed this big storm, the aircraft carrier. It, it, if anyone hasn't seen Flight and Navig- uh, the, the final countdown, it's a great movie with a slew of actors, Kurt Douglas, Martin Sheen, uh, 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 Charles Durning. And a it's few, an aircraft carrier. I'd say carrier. maybe eight years ago, uh, maybe less, uh, Blue Underground released. Yeah, a really nice uh, DVD, and they probably at this point have a Blu-ray of it. Yeah, of, of like uh, of special so features worth checking out. Yeah, and it's it's just an aircraft carrier where they're just going, they're leaving like some California port on local things. They go through this cyclone or or really bad storm, and they end up in 1941. And they're like a week 
away before uh, the Pearl Harbor bombing. And it becomes the dilemma of, of Kurt Douglas, who's the captain of the, this uh, aircraft carrier, should he intervene and change history and stop <laughs> World War II or should he not? It the prime direct. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it becomes this kind of like, you know, should we or should we not intervene? So great movie there. Uh, you have time after time. Right yeah. with with uh, and what's the Richard Matheson movie that you like with Christopher Reeves? Oh, what is that movie called? You know, yeah, it's with Richard Matheson. Yeah, this uh, short story because isn't that a time travel movie too? I've never also, seen it. That's a time travel movie, and it, also we got Time Bandits. Time Bandits. Kids on a, a kid on an adventure. Of yeah, time. with 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 midgets, uh, or little people, a uh, little people. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> vertically challenged with Terry, Terry Gilliam, and uh, last you have Trancers, which is near dear to my heart, where they're going back. And so you have this. They loved, like, like sci-fi in the 80s was there, and it's aliens, it's time travel, it's, uh, you know. But you're right, nowadays you don't have the character be the child going on the adventure. You don't have, and, yeah. and so much so, like, look at, like, even the horror films of well, the Well, I mean, let me think. There was the you know, like Silver Journey Bullet? to the Center of the Earth had a kid. Yeah, but. He wasn't the main kid, it was, like. You know, Brendan Fraser. Yeah, but you can I guess you, you can could make the argument like Jurassic Park. It's like there's children in it for the kids to identify with yeah. in the I audience. I guess you could argue like the, the Hunger Games, Divergent. Yeah, but that's for like the teen, like Harry Potter These are, growing yeah, up. I'm Harry Potter. Yeah. I guess there are, I guess these movies have been evolved. Made, but there's a very different feeling. Yeah. To these movies as opposed to the ones we're talking about in the 80s. Yeah, these were the eighties were kinda like fun and, and got you involved and I guess weren't so serious but that isn't said the the for most of the movies that we've talked about here especially this movie Fly to the Navigator the the topic is treated very seriously and that's like I guess like a testament to Disney where they'll even go overboard or it's like maybe it's too serious for children hence like the black hole they go to hell at the end what the hell <laughs> Rewind this and pretend you didn't hear that. Yeah. You know, if you've never <laughs> seen the black hole, you know. So it's like they were, you know. So Disney, you know, they they wouldn't like you know really pander to the audience. They would be like, yeah, hey, this we're gonna give it to you straight. This is what would happen. This is why it's kind of messed up. <laughs> so, this is exactly what would happen <laughs> if you go through a black hole. You know, or if you. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. I meant like if you hit your head, woke up, and then it's eight years later. Like, like Spielberg, yeah, well, let's Spielberg let's was doing the same thing. Okay, we we kind of. We indicated at the beginning of the movie that this is incredibly fucked up. But let's just, like, <laughs> let's just analyze that for a second. This kid falls down. He wakes up. It's eight years later. Yeah. Look, I remember, okay, he's 12. He's a little bit older. But I remember being places, you know, younger than that, obviously. But, you know, like, you lose your mom. Yeah, at, like at a, gro a grocery store. Yeah, probably. or at, like, a... County fair yeah. or something, Jeez. And, and you just like lose your shit. Yeah, you piss yourself and you start crying. You don't know what's or going like, on. Or like, I remember I got lost. Uh, my parent at, at like I don't. Uh, there's this gigantic like interactive museum in Philadelphia called the Franklin Institute. Yeah, and it's giant. And on the you know on the on the crowded days, it is packed like shoulder to shoulder. And I remember I got lost in there, and I lost my parents, and I lost it. Like I like I lost my shit. I was so scared. So you imagine you wake up, you go back. Like this was last year. <laughs> <laughs> this just happened to Blake. <laughs> but imagine if you wake up and you go to like your 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 house, your house, and it's some strange woman answers it in the middle of the night in her bathrobe. And, yeah, and you're like, "Where's my family?" And she's like, "You must have the wrong house." And then she runs into the house, goes up to his room, and some weirdos drinking. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you're the you're the dude from Day of the Dead, <laughs> and, and the doctor from Day of the Dead is sitting up there by himself, drinking cognac in your room in the dark. Um, you're gonna get a little freaked out. 
You know, and then the and he does. They do a good job. He does like he kind of like breaks down in the corner and he's crying. Right, but it's it's fucked up. And then they bring him to the police. The, 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 they bring him to the police uh, station. The police station's like, hey, this is a cold case. Like they shut this case. He was presumed dead. Yeah, and it's yeah. like it gets real serious. And they, for, like I was saying before, like I got misty eyed. Like they bring him to like where the parents live now. And it's like you know they did a phenomenal job. I thought aging Veronica Cartwright yeah. from being 1978 Veronica Cartwright to like. 1986 Veronica Carlay. Yeah, she looks yeah. like, I mean, of course, there's no CGI, but just yeah. how they did with just practical makeup yeah, yeah. in 86, making her look older. And the other guy, um, uh, Cliff DeYoung, uh, the father, it's just yeah. like, it really works and it keeps you in this. It's like, oh my God, this is such a crazy idea. That yeah, you, and, you know, like, <laughs> and you look at it from, like, like you said, like their perspective. Like, okay, we're watching it from this kid's perspective. And they do a good job of, like, not pulling any punches. Like, the kid is freaked out. Yeah. You know, like, he kind of should be. And then they go to, like, the house and he's the kids sit in the back seat with the with the in the police car and one of the police officers goes up the front door the kids like who's where are we like whose house is this and then the guy, they open the door the cops like are you the same guy that you know <laughs> reported your son being missing on July 4th 1978 and he's like yeah and then the kid sees that it's his dad and he runs out and then his dad's like, holy shit. And they do this great reveal where you have Veronica Cartwright come running out and meet him. And she comes into the light and you clearly see that, like I said, she's aged. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> you're like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And then, then he's even more dumbfounded. And then the reveal in the hospital, it's like, little brother, it's 1986. <laughs> Yo, bro. Yeah. <laughs> bro, this is rad. This is crazy, yeah. dude. Yo, I got to show you about drinking, man. Look at my mullet, <laughs> Look at this. It looks great. So it's like it's such a freaky idea, and they 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 handle it really well. They don't like I said they don't Disney doesn't pull any punches. I guess, but at the time, Spielberg with ET and stuff like that, they would well, Spielberg's the notorious for like there will be like some buddy will interview him like in his old age and it will reveal like how like much he hates kids or something. <laughs> but he's it's because so, he's obsessed with them. Like, well, that's what I mean. There's some kind of weird obsession of like making kids cry and like, you know, you just look, the perfect example is Temple of Doom. Like that movie is so screwed. Well, you know, he he blames it on he was at the at the time he was going through like a really bad divorce, and he hated my wife. I hated my kids. Yeah, he hated. So I, I decided know. I was gonna have kids tortured. Yeah, and I mean, he says it was a dark time in his life, and that that also happened just after uh, what's his face killed Vic Morrow. Um, so John Landis, it, John Landis, because he was working on Twilight Zone, because he he was like, oh, he, he Spielberg walked back and flew to the Far East to start doing Temple of Doom. So like, yeah, and that's a really. Uh, that's a dark movie, and that's the first movie they say necessitated a PG thirteen rating. I think it's that one because yeah. he's ripping kids' hearts out, and you but know. But then it's like then it produced in like Gremlins. He produced Gremlins. That movie screwed up towards kids. Yeah. Poltergeist is screwed up towards kids. Uh, ET screwed up towards kids. I mean, when ET dies, I mean, we have a, there's a cast. Uh, there's a the blog post on on, the, on this site after we did, what movie did we did that was I guess it was Transformers. Yeah, we talked about effed up movies that uh towards that, kids. That when kids he dies, yeah. That and like he just kind of put Drew Barrymore through that. Little Drew Barrymore thought E. T. died. Yeah, she started she started <laughs> doing cocaine at that age in real life because of that. And people don't realize how much of a drug addict she was. I don't get me wrong. I love Spielberg. Yeah. But I have a memory of, of sadistic when it comes to children. One of my earliest memories is coming back from E. T. I don't even remember seeing it in the theater. I remember coming back in the car and I was crying my brains out. My dad's like, He's alive. <laughs> You understand, E.T., he woke up. I must have missed that part. So, <laughs> to me, you were so upset. Yeah, he died. And you just, like, couldn't even match the rest Maybe, of the movie. Probably because, you know, I was eating popcorn the entire so I got salt in my eyes while I was wiping them out. So, like, to me, it was just like, he's, and my dad's, like, trying to explain to me, no. And, uh, and it, 
you know, getting back to the early 80s, it seems, you know, when they were, Disney was having their slowdown, don't you, like a lot of their, especially their animated movies were in second run or third run, because I saw a lot of, like, oh, yeah. Pinocchio I saw in the theater, I saw Cinderella, maybe Snow White, yeah, so yeah. they were trying to, like, interject like, that. We're not making any money on the new ones, so, so we'll just, just keep shitting out the old ones, put them in the <laughs> yeah, old, you yeah, know. Snow White, I remember seeing Snow White. And, and I, I haven't seen Bambi to this day, except when I saw it in the theater, you know, so it's like, I saw that in E.T., it's like, yeah, I thought he died, so it's like, they had these movies and they were just really just I don't know oh who yeah was well that's yeah, Disney with like the parents died <laughs> books written about that you know it's just it's, they just do all kinds of crazy crazy stuff but it works I mean I don't know at, at the end of the day do you say like do you, would you rather than pander to the kid and make it not as fun or do you want to have him like no this is a good movie like, the kid learn, you learn lessons it's like a you're treating the kid as you know yeah. as he should be treated. In case the kid wake, falls down and then wakes up eight years later, <laughs> this is what's going to happen. Like <laughs> they know what they can be prepared for it. You know, it's going to be this screwed up. Speaking of Spielberg, I mean, I can't cite off a of hand, but I'm sure there's there's a couple examples on his '80s Amazing Stories show where there's like you know some pretty fucked up stuff going on in there. You know, where like Patrick Swayze's on death row and he, and he remember they end up uh, he, he he can heal people and then oh. they electrocute him and then it, everyone brings him back. It's all kinds of crazy. Oh, Oh yeah, Amazing well, Stories was had a lot of screwed up stuff. Yeah, a lot on. of great, great, uh, great eighty show from people that people forget about Amazing Stories. Uh, we episodic. Should, we should talk about those kinds of things at some point. Yeah, do do like a, a couple lot of those. those back uh, then. Uh, what do you call those? Amazing uh, stories, anthologies. They had eighties Twilight Zone. Oh, if you go down that road, eighties Sherlock, I Hitchcock presents. Came yeah, out. Outer Limits came back in like the late eighties, early nineties. Tales from the Dark Side. Tales from the Dark Side. Friday Thirteenth series. <laughs> yeah, even though that that was less of like an anthology. Yeah. But type the thing. the Amazing Stories had a, a, a very big Spielberg kind of a, uh, a signature yeah. on it. Like you know, you could tell he was involved, and he brought in. He was like, like the East, yeah, Eastwood directed one episode. You had a big a lot of big actors directed one. Yeah, so they they brought in a lot of like name actors, and I think that could have been the shtick for a minute. Like you know, like. Like Tales from the Crypt was in the early '90s, where you have like somebody Tales big. Tales from the Crypt, another one. Yeah. yeah, you'd have like someone big either come in and guest as an actor or direct it. You know, helmet. So and like you could kind of see this as, like, if you took the, they took the kids out. If you well, if you took the, <laughs> and, then, and then you just brought it darker. If you took the, if you took like the first half of this movie, yeah, you could see that as being like an amazing, an amazing story, story yeah. episode, or the second half of this movie being. Like <laughs> You know, like it's too like the story arc's too long for one like you know hour long episode of television. But, but it works on a Sunday night movie, <laughs> Disney you, movie. But you could see like those kind those two different aspects of this movie being part of like an amazing stories uh, yeah. series. So I mean, and then it, it kind of wraps up in a nice bow. There's a happy ending. Uh, you know, he he does come back to seventy eight. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I I also had a note that I thought was uh, thank God for uh, kids in the eighties and fireworks. Oh God! I was thinking that too. Like you know, this is <laughs> <laughs> because you know when we were little, there was a huge thing of like fireworks were huge. Maybe since the seventies. I mean, I mean, probably since the forties or fifties. Whenever they invited, they invented dynamite. Whatever's I forget the the guy's name who invented dynamite. There's there's always been popular blowing things up. Yeah. So especially in the eighties and like seventies, eighties, growing up, it's like you know, and uh, when he's trying to find his way home, he doesn't know where their address is, and it's dark out. He tells his little brother. Uh, uh, the the lead says, you know. You, Give me a signal, and then it's like something well, I can see from the sky. Yeah, it's like what the hell? I'll, I'll, he's like, I'll set the, uh, he, the the kids like I'll set the uh, the, the place on fire. <laughs> and Joey yeah. Kramer's like, no, no, just you and know. he almost does. Yeah, and he and he and he goes up into the attic and he gets like the biggest box of fireworks, just like well, anywhere. they're in Florida. Yeah, you could, I think you could still buy them in Florida even now. And he lights off like the whole box. Well, the funny thing is, like the first like three he lights off just like duds. Well, not even duds. They just like. 
they don't who knows what happened to them like they just fall off you know it's like they they're on the stick you know they're like the bottle rockets and they're like they're stuck into something on the ceiling and like they kind of light up they do fizzle oh, a he, little he bit he gets up under the roof of their house and then they just like fall off camera and it's like that thing could just like go off <laughs> yeah, in your gutter set fire to the leaves in the gutter and then there you like go three of them don't launch they just kind of they light up and then they like kind of fly backwards off screen the kid could have gotten blown up easily <laughs> yeah, during it, the it ignites the, it, it ignites the box and then let's like uh, oh it's actually child labor laws in the 80s he probably did all that on himself they put him on a roof you know if it was right around the time uh you know, Landis was doing that with the kids out in the in the Indian Dunes with uh, Twilight Zone, the movie. It's like, ah, put the kid up there. He can light him himself. Uh, so, you know, fireworks, big thing. And, and then fireworks, big. Well, it's Fourth of July, you know. And then he, so then uh, we have the climax. He brings him back. He wakes up. He's back. Uh, it's eighty. It's seventy-eight. He, the parents he goes are through like, all the. The kid goes through all the trouble to get home, quote unquote, home, like where his parents live. And I guess is it? Do you think it's that he sees that the cops in nineteen eighty five, circa nineteen eighty six? Yeah, because the cops show up, and then because like, do you think if the cops didn't show up, he would have been like? I think it helped because he knew. Or did you think he just wanted to say goodbye? I think like what what was what in your opinion? What's the motive? I think he I think he wanted to. I think at the time he 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 had the idea because he wasn't putting much thought in it. He wanted to go back and get to his parents, and he hasn't put. But then. The realization of seeing the, the, you know, how he had, he brought like the whole world with him, press, cops, yeah, yeah. the army. Once he gets to NASA, his parents, it, like, it turns into ET. All of you, they're all coming in. He realizes, and Paul Rubens is like, I'm sorry for, you know, doing this to you. I didn't realize this is not what I want. And then he starts talking to Paul, well, to, to the, to the to spaceship. And he's like, you know, yeah. this is what I'm going to be the rest of my life. I'm going to be a, in a test tube because they're going to want to study me. Like, and it's, it's a very, it's a very adult. I think it's a very adult decision he's making. Yeah, you know, yeah. because well, I would think any other. Well, he kid gets would there be like, and like people are coming, come yelling, come out of the ship, and there's guns. People have the people have guns pointed at. Yeah, the they're ship trying to figure out if they can grab them before you know that's to, to safety. And the, and even his mom's like, come on. And his dad's like, come on. And then like he says no to them. He, like he yeah, says yeah. goodbye, and that's real. Like you know, that's disturbing because his mom's like, what are you talking about? We <laughs> just. You know, lost your brain. It's yes. turning into a Twilight Zone episode with the young kid, with the, with the ginger-haired kid from the, all the Twilight Zone episodes, like, where it's like, you better be nice to me. You know, it's like, yeah, it yeah. turns into one of them where it's like, you could just see him get back into the ship and travel around, and the Rod Serling's like, you know, submit it for your approval. <laughs> a boy who didn't want to go home. A boy who never wanted to go home. He wanted to travel someplace far in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> you know, so it's like, it could have ended there, and you don't need to have him go back to, yeah, yeah. you know, he could have just been like, fuck it, I want to go take with you. Me, yeah, take me you to know, the planet. Make me one of the, I'll be your assistant, and I, I'm going to. I'll be I, the navigator. Yeah, I'm going to. To choose my own selfish desires over my family's feelings and you know the world but he he instead goes back and he and he wakes up and he has the memory of it because we see he has at the end the little guy popper i think the kids yeah, yeah. little He's alien that uh, the uh paul rubens couldn't return back to its planet because a comet hit the planet and blew it up so it's kind of sad it's like oh and it's very so now he's got he's got a, he, he, I, do you think he, he he just forgot that he brought it? No, I think he knew, but it was just like... And then the he reveal. shows it to his brother, and his brother's like, holy crap. Yeah, and he's and like, I'm going to blow like, that up. Shh. And then it's like, okay. And you then know. they just forget about it. Back to fireworks. Yeah, like, it's like a little alien thing in his book bag. But. You know, in kids in the 80s, hopefully they're going to treat that thing humanely, one. <laughs> we can only hope. We can only hope. <laughs> Two, they don't know what it eats. That's what happens it, if it, it eats, like, babies? Yeah, you know, yeah. like, the, like Paul Rubens forgot to tell him that it can only eat, like, placentas. You know, and then, yeah, like... Yeah. You know, so, but hey, it's nice that he gave the thing a home. And it's like, you know, kids of 10, or eight, 10 to 10 year olds don't think about that. So, and it wraps up to be a really happy ending. It wraps up to be the, the Sunday ABC Disney night movie ending, which is very, it's very comforting. Uh, 
And I think everything kind of holds up, special effects and stuff. And um, with the print we watched was kind of dated since it was an old VHS tape. Uh, I think it really begs for like a proper, I think they did release it on Blu-ray, but I don't know if they're special features. They should do, Disney's usually really good with their special yeah, features. Yeah. You and I have watched a couple of the DVD, Disney live action movies I have, just the special features, like yeah, 20,000 yeah, yeah. Leagues and um, Darby O'Gun and Little People because it's just so fascinating. Their, uh, their matinee paintings with Ellen yeah, Shaw, Peter process, Ellen Shaw in the process. And uh, the one thing I didn't, I, you know, I noticed a lot um, is that there's like definitely like two periods where they shot this movie, and I think they did shoot some of it in Florida and like some of it like in Norway or something. Yeah. But there's like the kid has like very two def- distinctive like hairdos <laughs> throughout the movie. Like there's the one, and then there's like the one where like his hair grew too long, and they're trying to make it look like it used to look. Well, I guess but there they, was they didn't, they didn't quite hit it right. I bet you it was so continuity is a little off throughout the movie. Like uh, if it fits into my speculation, I think at the time when like Eisner, whoever's idea it was, to like. Let's just start putting shitloads of money into our property. They had this company, and I don't remember the name of it, and the company had like a handful of films that it was in the middle of doing that were kind of backed by Disney maybe. Disney was somehow in the room with them. But then in mid-production, that company went bankrupt, which I guess happened a lot in the 80s. We see that all the time with like Cameron dealing with Terminator or Orion and stuff like that, Punisher. Uh, So Disney then stepped in and said, okay, we'll take over... And evidently, there's a handful of movies they did this for in the in this at this time. So there's other movies that came out that Disney put out that were that was it, was the case for this movie. So they must have came over, took over, bought all the rights, and then finished the movie. So that's where your 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 gap is. So maybe some of the movie they were doing like the effects work in Norway until yeah, yeah. they got them and they did it down in Florida with. Uh, I would have thought they would have did a lot of it like at what we said the Burbank studio where they have all the yeah, so yeah. maybe the interiors but at the time I guess they were just completing the MGM studios Epcot was brand new because they also there's a girl in the 86 wearing an Epcot Center shirt and that had just opened Epcot Center so maybe they just shot it all down there you know and as well this is around the same time as Ernest so maybe you know Ernest we watched for another cast Ernest Saves Christmas they shot all that down in Orlando yeah. so maybe they, for a little while they were just doing everything else down there no, in Florida, it was cheaper. And it takes place. The movie takes place in Florida. Yeah, well, conveniently, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so Lauderdale, Florida. Yeah, so that, that that's the reason why. You're, you're, yeah, there's there is a a, a, a a gap in continuity for like certain things. But they got the movie done, and I thought they did a hell of a job. And I thought the kid was good, but he never really did, did anything he, of note. He's in this. Runaway, which is before this movie. That's that Tom Selleck, uh, Gene Simmons movie. Oh, okay, with the, the robots and Christie Alley. <laughs> yeah, and Gene Simmons is a hitman with a gun that the bullets follow you in. That's yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, for, we should for, do that. I haven't. Se- I don't think I've ever seen the movie all the way through. I don't know. I've been watching it circa fucking 1989. <laughs> I remember that. You and I. Oh no, that wasn't. <laughs> no, me and me like my parents. Yeah, so it's like that. That's one of those movies. Like, oh, that's an 80s. Like, like you know, it's the crazy future. 80s movies yeah, like yeah. What, what the future's gonna like so he's in that movie and he's like in one or two other things and I read the review I was reading saying like the kid handled this so well that you know he should have went on and done other things yeah, I don't he's know good why in it. I bet you, you know, could probably catch him at a convention or something signing yeah. nowadays but in the, in the it, it got four or three or four awards it like it was nominated for like a Saturn award a special uh, a science fiction award maybe some Alien Convention Awards or whatever is big in the sci-fi community. It was nominated yeah, yeah. for all that for performance and special effects and maybe uh, story or yeah, best yeah. Uh, science fiction movie of the of the year. So it's pretty cool that it got you know stuff and it was a modest special effects. I mean, there's it looks like some CGI to have at some point the the alien shell turn from a 
a nut to I think like that's the, just animation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that's just like regular animation. I don't yeah. think that's like CGI. Yeah. But so, uh, what did you what did you give it? Uh, on on the scale, uh, we do a scale here at Saturday Movie Sleepovers where uh uh, out of five, Blake does me- Mega Joe Cola. I, I do th- I Saturday Night Sleepover ha- Stores. You know, we might have to change that because I'm sure Mega Joe Cola is like a copyrighted thing. <laughs> Mega Sleepover uh, Sodas. Uh, but uh, well, until we get that cease and desist, maybe they'll sponsor us. <laughs> I would give it uh, three. Three. You yeah. know, like I didn't love it, but it was fun. Yeah, I do three point five. It, it was interesting because I, like I said, I hadn't seen it since the movie theater. So we're talking, I hadn't seen it since nineteen eighty six. It's so, which is like when we, we did the uh, Transformers cast. So like I'm as old as I'm like in between the two kids. I think age when I see this movie. I don't think I'm as young as the little brother, but I'm not as old as the main character when I see yeah. this movie. So uh, going into it like. I didn't remember. I literally did not remember a single thing about it other than the poster. Okay. Because it's a pretty intense. It's a pretty, like, I don't know. For me, it's a pretty recognizable and I think it's it done by the uh, the guy who does those kind of, It looks like the, the, who's the artist who does, like, the Indiana Jones posters? Oh, like Joe Struzan? Yeah, it looks, like, very much like a film because yeah. it's very It's like detailed. him, like, in the seat of the spaceship. Drawn, but it's very uh, realistic. And you see, like, the little aliens, like, around him and stuff. And he's, like, it's pretty, I mean, it's a, it's a memorable poster. Yeah, and it's in the, uh, we have it in the post as well. For, for so, uh... That's all I remembered about it. Do you remember any? Because I remember, I, I remember Sarah Jessica Parker in it. And I can't remember watching it. I saw it that Sunday night on a summer summer night. Uh, but I, I must have seen it once or twice afterward. But I didn't remember. I, I just remember certain beats. Like he gets on the ship. He sees Sarah Jessica Parker. I remember it being Sarah Jessica Parker for some reason. And then like him getting on the ship. There's other aliens there. You know? I don't remember. I remembered like the NASA hat. I remembered. I remember like, compliance. Compliance. I remembered like the, you know, the robots like arm eye thingy. You yeah. know, like I remembered like images more than I re- like a few fading images more than actually anything about the movie. Yeah. Um, but it was, you know, it was okay. Yeah. Sure. I liked it. I, 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 th- I certainly think it's something for people nowadays to show their kids. Like it's, it's, I think yeah. it's wholesome. It's definitely I would a family. Say more th- I, said, I would say that the only thing that really dates it is the is the soundtrack, is the score. There's a very slow-moving fire truck moving by our building <laughs> well, in York. Midtown. Yeah. Unfortunately, they can't move very quickly here. Yeah, especially on an early, early Sunday morning when we're recording this. Um, yeah, that's the only thing. And then, like you said, uh, I guess... For a kid who's watching it, it doesn't really, uh, you know, that, that that beginning montage of slow motion dogs, which almost is kind of like a nod back to like the Shaggy Dog, because there's that one Shaggy Dog they, they go really slow, but it's over the credits, the montage, the dogs getting the frisbees, and like you said, there's an 80 score. They should have did the little 70s up, but they're trying to get you into the, f- the feel of like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the the guy um, who did the score, um, uh, Savoshki, I'm. So I'm completely, completely bastardizing his name here. Uh, Silvestri. Yeah, Silvestri. He he he's a big uh, Disney guy, and he. Uh, but it's my understanding that this is a this is a pretty eight like not typical score for his style. Yeah, like he didn't do a lot of synth scores, and this was like this is very like '80s synth <laughs> like electronic. Yeah, uh, score, but I'd say like that's the only thing that really dates it. I mean, for me, it's a very like nostalgic, you know, yeah. sound. So for me, it's like I like it. Yeah. I like the the music in it, but I'd say for like kids these days, it's it. 
I'd say it, it, it has aged pretty well. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I think it just needs a nice remaster, and uh, it's just it's it's so funny. It just brings you back to those like you know the days when, like I said, NASA had like a police force and very secretive. <laughs> NASA, I don't know if like NASA barely exists anymore. Nah, it's so sad. I mean, it's it's a whole another conversation. But just NASA's like they're they're they're. They're like outsourcing NASA. I remember a couple of years ago to, to see why the, the, the brake on the car wasn't working. Like That's your job now, NASA. You know, you took us to the moon, and now you're going <laughs> to see why, like, you know, on the Hondas or whatever ha- was having the brake system error, you know, with the, they were hitting the brake pedal. That's all NASA's doing. And NASA's like, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> really? You know, so, you know, we've took you to the moon, and now you're going to, you know, all right, here's 50000 or $1,000,000 to take another rover up to Mars, you know. But so, yeah, you know, it's like, that's, that's, that's sad. But, uh. I think great movie. I think it's great Disney movie, great 80s Disney movie. I think it holds up. I think you could show kids now. I think it's actually great entertainment for the family. You know, sit them down on, on, a, on a night. You're looking for something that's not too, like, you know, they're not going to hell at the end. <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to hell. There's, there's no devil involved. There's no devil involved. There's no crazy uh, uh, going world, into the computers. The world's not at stake. Yeah, there's all kinds of, you know, stuff. I mean, there's, you know, yeah. screwed up things that we already talked about. But uh, it's, it's, it's just great, great stuff to watch with a kid. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm glad we did it. And, it, it's, and it's a great July the 4th movie. Who, who would have thought it's a July the 4th, you know? So Yeah, uh, it's surprising, like, that more movies don't exist that... Or July the 4th? That, yeah, that used July the 4th as... Uh, well, next year we're going to have to do Cape Fear, the remake, because the, the 1990 Scorsese Cape Fear begins around July the 4th. We had an argument. I wanted to do the third and probably the worst of the Terminator movies. Yeah. Because we, you, you and I saw, saw it on July 4th. Yeah, 2003, <laughs> we went and saw it on July 4th. And I said to, I said to Blake, I said, you want to do that? He goes, yeah. I go, when was the last time you've seen it? You go, when we saw it together? I was like, well, <laughs> I was like, you know, if, if we're going to... We could do a bad one. No, you're right, you're right. We could do you know, bad movies. I just figured maybe two should be before, because we did one. I know. You know two odd, is so good. That's it's an like, ongoing <laughs> argument. I'd say we don't have to go in order for movies. Yeah. So I would love to hear people's thoughts <laughs> on that. Do we need to go follow in order. series in order, or can we go out of order for, for a series? And I will make the concession that I agree with uh, Blake that we don't need to go in the, like, say, in the Friday the 13th or the Halloweens. Those ones where you have, like, 50 movies. Like, I... <laughs> if, if, if Blake certainly wanted to do like Octopussy, I'm not going to say we have to start at the beginning. <laughs> no, we have to start. Doctor No. <laughs> We're working our way up. We're going to do Doctor No from Russia with Love, Goldfinger, Th- Thunderball. <sighs> okay. <laughs> and go all the way, you know, and then finally we get to Octopussy six years later. So I, I, I agree there, but I figured certain movies, like, you know, where they're back to backs. So anyway, we hope you liked it. We loved it. We recommend it. Um, Check us out here, uh, Saturday Night Movie Sleepovers. We're at saturdaysleepovers.podwits.com. We also are at podwits.com where we have the sidecast. There's links uh, on our site for that there. Check that out. Uh, we're on uh, iTunes. You can get uh, this uh, podcast there with all our others. Uh, we are on um, Twitter at, at satsleepovers.com. We are uh, on Facebook. Uh, we're getting up onto YouTube soon. Uh, Blake, where can they find you? Uh, check out my music at jblakeblues.com. Uh, you can s- hear Jay Blake play there. Uh, and I'm at podwits.com as well. And, uh, yeah, check us out. Uh, send us your thoughts. Let us know what you think. Uh, how, if you're liking the stuff we're doing, we're trying to make it as eclectic as possible so it doesn't look like we're going down just one road real strong. Although we do seem to lean certain ways, but that we can't help. That. That's our upbringing. <laughs> you know? We've been pretty eclectic. No, we have. We have been pretty eclectic, you know. And you've been surprisingly accommodating because I'm like, come on, let's see. Like, okay. <laughs> so. I mean, we stick 
a lot of the movies stick to a similar time period, but that's because that's what we were having Saturday night movie sleepover. Yeah. So uh, you know, but but we're you know we're, we're keeping it fun. And we got a lot. Uh, we, like we said last time or a couple weeks ago, we have a whole stack of VHSs that are sitting there. Big clamshell, eighties box <laughs> clamshell, giant clamshell, ready, boxes. getting ready to go. So uh, check us out. Uh, check us out in two weeks, and uh, you know, they, as they said here, see you later, Navigator. Later. Later.